Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heads Up, the weekly webcast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsay Weitzel, founder of the Facebook group Migraine Nation and chronic daily migraine survivor. I have a super excited episode planned today. I am here with someone awesome that is well known in the migraine community. I'm happy to tell you that I'm here with Dr. Melissa Garrity. Hi, Dr. Garrity. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about our topic today. Well, thank you for being here today. Dr. Garrity is a clinical health psychologist and the CEO of Phoenix Rising with Dr. G. Our topic today is medical gaslighting, which is super interesting. I honestly think we could do more than one episode on this topic. I don't think there's a single one of us with chronic migraine, uh, any other chronic headache disorder or chronic pain who has not experienced medical gaslighting at least once. Uh, If you are a parent of a child with chronic pain or with migraine, you may have even experienced it on behalf of your child, which is a difficult thing. So so listen up, whether you you have migraine, uh, chronic headache yourself, or whether you are a parent of a child with one of these things. Um, So let's go ahead and um, have you explain your background a little bit, Dr. Garrity. You have a unique background in that you are both a uh, clinical psychologist and you are also a patient yourself. You have chronic migraine and, and, and other things. So can you go ahead and tell us about yourself a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I was born with a rare neural tube defect, uh, tethered cord syndrome. So I've had neurosurgery, which resulted in a spinal CSF leak. So of course, there's lots of different headache symptoms that go along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have well over 30 different medical diagnoses, including um, five different diagnosed headache and migraine diseases. I'm very active in the migraine community and uh, inaugural board member of CHAMP. Mm -hmm. have attended Headache on the Hill, um, written articles, done presentations. I really just love our community. And um, and so growing up with a lot of these difficulties, when I went to graduate school to become a psychologist, I knew I wanted to specialize in complex medical and chronic illness. And so Mm -hmm. those are my primary specialties along with eating disorders. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you are very well loved in our community. Uh, I've seen you speak at CHAMP uh, and you do such a great job. And I really wanted this topic uh, on our podcast, on our webcast. And I think everyone is going to love hearing it. And I think we can all relate to medical gaslighting. So let's just begin by explaining what gaslighting is in general and also specifically what medical gaslighting is. Absolutely. And you're exactly right that we can all relate, which is so sad. Mm-hmm. Makes us feel not alone, which is great, but sad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so gaslighting is when someone intentionally manipulates a person so that person questions their beliefs and judgment, reality, memories, or sanity. Right. Um, and medical gaslighting is then when a healthcare professional dismisses our symptoms or assumes we're over-exaggerating. Um, people may also experience medical gaslighting with family, friends, and their place of work as well. Right. I was going to say, we have done episodes before. One that comes to mind specifically is one with Don Buse, where we discussed the difficulties um, of dealing with family members or other people in our lives who don't understand our condition. And so it's not just in the medical um, 
arena that you might experience this, you might experience it at home. So there are five specific techniques that someone might use to gaslight someone else. Can we chat quickly about each one? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the techniques is called countering. Mm -hmm. An example of that is you never remember things accurately. You have a bad memory. So going, you know, that kind of route. Now Um, that would be specifically hard for us because some of us take medicines like topiramate where our memories aren't so good anyway. So if someone's trying to tell you your memory wasn't good, um, And you're already a little bit self-conscious about your memory, either because of your your migraine and the brain fog or because of medicines you take. I think that countering can be really hard for us. Oh, absolutely agreed. Because then we do start to question ourselves and that person can get in with us a little bit, get into our head of like, well, I do struggle. So maybe it is me. Right. 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 Yeah. And uh, was there more you were going to say about countering or should we move on? No, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is denial, right? Yes. The, I never said that. Um, so if you were in a medical appointment and you were, you were saying to your doctor, Hey, when you said this and they just automatically say, Oh, I never said that mm-hmm. you must have misheard. So complete denial of your experience. Right. 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 Um, how about trivializing? That's a big yeah, one. this is the you're overreacting ones, um, uh-huh. which again, a lot of people with migraine disease have heard this. Oh, yes. it's just a headache, right? Right. You're overreacting. Right. Um, that one I think is huge for us because so many people try to tell us it's just a headache. Uh, they don't understand the level of pain involved nope. in a migraine, which to me is the biggest thing. Yeah. But then they also don't understand the other symptoms, the nausea, the vomiting, the dizziness, all the other things that we experience. So trivializing, I think, is a really big one when it comes to medical gaslighting and, and the conditions that that we have um, yes. that we're talking about today. Absolutely. And I, I like to also add that as we know, migraine disease comes with hundreds of symptoms. So a lot of people might just focus on the pain and just focus on um, maybe visual disturbances and negate everything else. Just like, ah, that's not a migraine attack that you wouldn't have all those other symptoms. Right. Um, So go ahead. What is the, the next one? withholding. So I don't know what you're talking about. That didn't happen. And just like acting clueless. Right. Okay. And then, um, the, the last one that we have down is blocking or diverting. Yes. So this is the, why are you so defensive? I'm trying to help you. I don't understand why you're being so defensive about this. Right. Right. Okay. So we've all heard at least one of those, I think. Uh, we've all experienced something like that. So let's go through some of the common actual sentences. You had these, um, they were in a talk you gave, and I was hoping we could chat about them. So you had some actual examples of sentences we would likely hear uh, in the event of medical gaslighting. So can you run through some of your favorites? Oh my goodness. Yes. And the ones that I'm going to think about today um, are all ones I've personally experienced. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the first one, and it's more of a recent experience of me is being told that your increasing concerning symptoms are just anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hard because you know, so many of us, what is it? 50% of people with migraine have anxiety. So if we've already been told that we have anxiety and then you're trying to tell us that 
all of our symptoms are just anxiety. Um, that's going to hit us harder, right? Absolutely. We know our bodies. We understand what's anxiety and what is not. And if we're mm-hmm. coming to an appointment with a new concern, that that concern should be respected and addressed and honored and discussed and not just put in a box. Right. What's another one? Those symptoms are just a panic attack. So again, it goes <laughs> under the anxiety realm of like essentially right. saying you don't know your body well enough. It's just right. an attack. It's just um, anxiety. And here's the thing about that. Even if it was quote unquote, just anxiety, there's nothing such as just, just anxiety, anxiety, just a panic attack that deserves attention and honor and treatment right. as well. <laughs> right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh, but I just... To have someone say just a panic attack is the reason I laughed. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty darn serious. Yes, it's very maybe, serious. Maybe that would require some attention. <laughs> yeah, if, right? Like you would right. think. But again, it's just another medical gaslighting of just dismissing it. Right. Um, another favorite of mine um, that I hear a lot is all your labs came back fine. So you are fine. <laughs> so that is my absolute favorite because I remember that was probably one of my very first medical gaslighting experiences. Wow. I was a little child with my feet hanging off the edge of the table when a pediatrician came to me after, you know, the blood the blood work came back and they had tested me for lupus and all this stuff that could cause pain. And, and she said, you're perfectly healthy. Aren't you glad? And I remember I could hardly see her because my head hurt so bad and I had such a bad migraine and, and I was like, not really, but you know, right. Yeah. That is one of my faves. Um, Right. And it feels like, what do you do in that moment? Especially when you're a kid, you absorb that and that, that follows you throughout your, your rest of your life. Um, Yeah. So yeah, but that's definitely a favor, a favorite Uh one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another one that I hear a lot um, and I've experienced myself is a loved one or another medical professional, you know, you're telling them about a gaslighting story and they say, I'm sure your doctor didn't mean that. Maybe you misheard them. Mm -hmm. And it just completely dismisses that and also can make you question, well, wait, did I mishear them? Did I over-exaggerate that? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's a hard one too. Yeah. You have one down that I love. That's that's that condition doesn't hurt that bad, or maybe you just need to exercise more or lose weight. Yep. Yep. Or take those pills or these pills. A lot of times it's definitely a fat bias in, Mm -hmm. um, in the medical community of, Oh, you just need to lose weight and then all your symptoms will go away and improve and get better. And that's the problem. And so, um, you know, the medical professionals dismissing everything else. Cause it's like, they think that just weight loss is going to be the fix. Right. What is for the medical professionals that might be listening, is there a good way to discuss that without gaslighting and making it telling the person that their entire pain problem is because of their, their weight, which is silly. So what is a good way to discuss this? Absolutely. Because of course there's things you might need to discuss that are important. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And this can also include like, oh, maybe you should should see a pain psychologist. And then people might be like, oh my goodness, you think it's all in my head. Um, So what I tell professionals, because I have lots of discussions, I present at medical conferences and such. um, I'll go ahead and tell them, well, if you already have a good relationship with your patient, it's going to be fine. It's going to be coming uh, hopefully from a place of care and concern. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But even with with patients, you have good relationships, 
too. It's about really validating their, your, their experience, right? It's about saying, Hey, you have this going on medically and something that can really help um, some people is talking with a pain psychologist and Mm -hmm. knowing that, no, this is not all in your head. Your symptoms are very real, but maybe talking about that is going to help you cope. Um, And then with the weight, it could be like, you know, some people can benefit and no, it's not the, you know, end all be all answer of it all. But what do you think? Like making it collaborative is a really helpful thing. And it doesn't have to take, you know, that long to just be, be kind and caring and compassionate. Right. Right. I think that's so important because, you know, something like biofeedback, there's a lot of data that it helps, but if someone is in terrible pain, it's going to feel so dismissive. If you're, if you just are like, Hey, go, go here, get some biofeedback and you're going to be fine. That's really not. <laughs> That's not what the biofeedback is there for. Right. Um, it's about presentation, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so when you've spoken on this topic previously, uh, you've discussed how gaslighting in the medical setting can result in a form of medical trauma. So yes. can you talk to us about medical trauma? Absolutely. So medical trauma is a psychological or, or both a physical response to pain or injury, serious illness Mm -hmm. in experiences with medical procedures that have been painful, feel demeaning or are frightening. So it covers a lot, um, a a lot of different areas. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of us, especially if we've been in for, I mean, some of us who've been treated for a long time have had um, some procedures, whether it's multiple rhizotomies or who knows what. Uh, Some of us had occipital stimulators placed and then removed. So some of us had a lot of procedures. Um, For those of us with back pain, we may have had some surgeries Mm -hmm. Um, and and it could it could be traumatic. Just the, the, the physical experience of these things can be traumatic. So what are some signs that we might show if we've experienced medical trauma or gaslighting? Yeah, there's quite a bit. So um, someone who has experienced these things might start planning extensively for medical appointments. And now most of us do plan a little, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's completely healthy and we need to. What I'm talking here is about maybe just becoming completely wrapped up in spending hours, days, just because they're feeling scared and rightfully so of what's going to happen in that appointment. Right. Okay. So what's, what's another one? Um, like, will people be afraid to go alone? Like they feel like they need a chaperone almost. Yeah. Some people just don't feel safe. And so, and might panic if their person who is going to come, can't come all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that can be an absolute big thing. A lot of women will also feel like they need to have a male in their appointments because they feel like the male will be heard more about the concerns, or maybe they won't get gaslit if a male's in the room. So that's a thing as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, there's, um, what there's one that you've said before that I think is so important that people who've experienced trauma or been gaslit a lot can become emotionally numb in their appointment. And I think this is so important because I know this has happened to me. I used to be married to a physician and there was a period of time where I made him come with me, not necessarily because I needed someone with me, but because I I wouldn't answer questions. I wouldn't give my whole history because I felt like it just didn't matter. 
I had yeah. become completely numb. And so this is truly important because then you're not giving your, once you do get to a doctor who's really go, wants to help you and stuff, you're not really giving them the information they need. Yes. It cuts off trust even to a, a professional who you feel is listening and hearing. So yeah. And I'm, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And thank you for sharing that because it is so important for people to understand that is a, a key trait of gaslighting of, of getting gaslit is just feeling numb or feeling emotionally and physically exhausted and numb yeah. after appointments too. Yeah. It, yeah. Feeling physically ill as well. Yeah. I'm hoping that people out there will start to think, Hey, do I do that? Cause I, I think that that can be really detrimental to your, to your healthcare if that's happening to you, cause it can make it so hard to uh, communicate with your provider. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Are there any other favorites that you can think of things that happen to people? Yeah. People question their sanity, the validity of their pain. They wonder mm -hmm. if their symptoms are really bad enough. That's one I hear so much from patients is maybe it's not that bad. Maybe the doctor's right. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating. Maybe it's in my head. So people start to dismiss themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what are some things we can do if we feel like we're experiencing medical gaslighting in our current healthcare relationship? Yeah. So one is change doctors. If you can, mm -hmm. of course, this is not always possible. Maybe insurance dictates who you see. Um, there's not many specialists. So that's where you would practice assertive, um, assertive skills, which will mm -hmm. definitely, I know we're going to touch on today. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, changing doctors and knowing that you might have to see many doctors before you find someone that listens. And that's, that's draining and exhausting and difficult. Right. I know I've had plenty of bad experiences, um, with medical professionals and sometimes before I got up, uh, that mental energy to see that specific specialty again, it might be years in between because I just didn't want to yep. deal with it. So it, it can delay care for people. It's, it's really yes. a big thing. Yes. Um, so can, what about taking someone with you? Is that, do you think that's a good, a good strategy to help? Yeah, I think so. If you're able to, and if you trust someone to come with you, I know there's starting to be more like medical advocates that maybe not be related to you that can come to appointments. So I've kind of seen that here and there. Okay. And if you can't take someone with you, um, having all your questions and concerns written out for you can be very helpful. What right. I do is I have a printed copy for my doctor and myself, so we can go over it together in session to make sure wow. everything's addressed. Okay. Um, so the, something that you had in a talk you gave, I remember is practice assertive replies in the mirror. If this helps you, which yes. I thought was a great idea. If you really are having trouble, um, being assertive in your appointments, um, make sure you're able to be assertive, assertive at home when you're alone yep. and then you'll be more likely to be assertive in that appointment. I thought that was a great idea. Thank you. Yeah. And it's because there's a power dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. um, that can happen, especially if a doctor is medically gaslighting you. So it can be, feel really intimidating. And then there's those of us like myself who don't like conflict. Mm -hmm. um, so we might have to practice these in front of a mirror with friends, with family members, with therapists. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so 
what I also like to point out is when we decide we want to go ahead and confront some gaslighting, we want to be assertive, not aggressive, right? Right. There's a difference where a lot of us as pain patients, and believe me, I get it, we get fed up. And so we kind of just want to go in and just be fierce, right? But then yeah. the doctor is going to shut down and not hear us. Right. So you know, practicing that assertive replies can be helpful. Um, so here are some that, like I say, are, are good ones. Um, okay. See that your perspective is different from mine mm-hmm. and I'm not imagining things. And right. notice how I say, and instead of, but right. <laughs> because it's like, no, both things can be true. I see your perspective and I'm not imagining things. Right. So okay. that's a really good assertive response. Right. Um, Another one is I hear your intention was to make a joke or make light about this matter, but the impact was hurtful. And you don't have to say, but you can just say the impact was hurtful to be extra assertive. So, so that's another one. Okay. Um, And some others are, um, this is my experience. My feelings are my feelings. I feel like I'm not being heard. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one I like is I know what's going on with my body and I'm here reaching out for help. Like just right. reminding them. Nobody like, can argue with that. Right? Like, yeah. I, mean, I, I hear what's going on in my body. I, I, I live mm-hmm. with this, right? Right. Um, and, and yeah, so those are some of the, the top ones that I tell people can be very helpful. Okay. Those are great. I remember I'm going to go ahead and say something funny because there was something in your talk. It was like something that's not appropriate is eat glass. <laughs> yes. Don't attack them. Don't insult them. Just, you know, work on your assertive responses because, you know, as soon as you are rude or lose your temper, then you're going to, you're not going to get any help. That's not going to help you. No, Um, you'll be cast off as that difficult patient, right? Yeah. We need to be a difficult patient. But what I tell people is we should honor our experience though. Mm -hmm. So if like after an appointment or before an appointment, you can say that unedited with friends or family, like, oh, they should eat glass and like, you know, getting all that out because it's still important to your experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another really good tip I tell people is write a no send letter to the person medically gaslighting you. So it is completely unedited swear words and all, and you don't send it. You can rip it up after store it away. But again, it honors your experience that these are, you know, and, and we're making light and laughing because it is so, this is so common, right? right. But these are very painful things that happen to us and should absolutely be honored right. um, and, and processed. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, if there's anyone out there experiencing migraine, chronic pain, head pain, other chronic pain, that's been diagnosed with conversion disorder or just sent to a psychiatrist or told to just lose weight and is really having a hard time going back to a healthcare provider. What do you want to say to them right now? First, deep breaths, give yourself some compassion. And again, it is honoring your experience and being able to process it. If you are able to see a pain psychologist or rehabilitation psychologist, they'll be able to process that with you and help you go through all of that trauma you've experienced and practice that assertiveness. If you're not able to see a professional, being able to talk about it with people you trust and care about 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of setting a timeline for yourself of like, okay, well maybe, you know, in one month I'll check in with myself to see if I'm feeling a little more ready to make that doctor's appointment. So knowing that it doesn't have to happen all at once, again, give yourself compassion, give yourself grace. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to add to the topic of medical gaslighting today? Yeah. You know, having chronic illness is exhausting both mentally and physically. We know this, right? Mm -hmm. So again, I say it a million times, give yourself compassion. Mm -hmm. You will know if you want to go ahead and confront your experiences of medical gaslighting, or if it's best for you to say nothing, or if it's best for you to switch doctors or continue to work with the doctor who's gaslighting you, but in a different approach and know that none of these are wrong. Mm -hmm. There's not, you know, a one way to do this. Again, it's just about honoring your experience and noticing that, yeah, these are really hard things, unacceptable things that have happened to you and, and to take note and be gentle with yourself. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Garrity, for being with us here today. And thank you everyone who joined us and please join us again next week for Heads Up, the weekly webcast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation.